Welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of the Daily Juice Podcast, and welcome to Masters Week, everybody. It is a special edition of the Daily Juice Podcast. We are going to be joined by Rich Zenko. He is a odds maker, senior trader for Caesar Sportsbooks here in Las Vegas, and we will get to him at the other side of this podcast for a full Masters breakdown where the money is going types of bets you might want to make. What about Bryson DeChambeau? We got a full conversation coming up with Rich here on this edition of the podcast. But before we do the Masters conversation, I do have two plays for you that I want to tell you about. And well, last night, a quick recap, we went 2-0 last night to the Buffalo Bulls in a laugher. Look, if every bet could be like that, it would be great, right? So we went ahead and laid the 9.5. All the public money came in on the other side. And look at I've talked about this a couple of different times here. You guys have to understand something. There's two things at the front that I need to talk about really quickly. The first is, if I make a bet, I don't have a, well, Matt, which bet do you like more? I don't do that. If I get to a point where I'm going to fire and I'm going to make my own money, put my own money down on this bet, I like them all the same. I have to get over a certain threshold and feel comfortable with the wager in order to bet that bet. So a play is a play. It's There's no like, hey, I, my play of the week or my 550-unit game. Like, I don't do that crap, guys, okay? It's not how I do this podcast. I tell you what I think. I give you my thoughts. I break the game down. I tell you what I have bet, and you do with what you want with it, right? Trail, fade, however you want to do it. It's all on you. So the DMs, look, I love the interaction. I love you guys, the Daily Juice family. I I completely and totally love the DMs at Sports Talk Matt on Instagram and Twitter. I love it, okay? Just know that those questions of, well, Matt, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about your Buffalo play versus your underplay for Akron? I like them both the same, and they both hit last night, okay? Half a unit last night. I'm not betting full units on this crap, guys, <laughs> okay? No way. It's the Mac. I know better, <laughs> right? Just because I went 2-0 and doesn't mean I'm not going to go 0-2 tonight, okay? This is Maction. This is a crazy conference, okay? Look, Miami of Ohio is not that bad, yet Buffalo took them behind the woodshed and beat their doors off. That's what's going to happen at times because this is a funky conference. Buffalo's the best team in that conference, okay? We're going to ride Buffalo for the remainder of that season, I mean, we'll probably do some funky stuff with Buffalo, but they're really good. Their quarterback is a little erratic, but they got a great running back and a good defense. That's why we bet them, right? So, and I bet Akron, and I said Ohio would score about 30 points, and I thought Akron would score about 10. Okay, I think, what did I say, 30 to 10, somewhere in that range? That's pretty much what the game was. So, we came in there and got that under correct. That was nice. So, up nearly a unit, a little less than a unit from last night. So, 2-0, and we'll take it, right? Midweek money, absolutely we'll take it, right? After being down a little bit on Monday, we come back with a winning Tuesday, so we're up on the week, and that's great, all right? So before I give you the plays on Maction coming up here, and look, I do want to make some plays for the Masters, and I have gone back and forth on this as to how I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it on Thursday morning's podcast, okay? I need to see the weather I'm not comfortable yet. I can tell you right now, I like Matthew Wolf in this golf tournament in head-to-heads. I do like Matthew Wolf. I can tell you I like Jason Day. I can tell you that I like uh, Patrick Reed. I, I and, and I don't know if I should tell you guys to sprinkle because I'm going to bet. Like, I, I'm going to bet differently in my own wagers than I'm going to give you on the podcast because it's like 
I'm not going to tell you to bet five guys. That's ridiculous, right? I've got to give you one or two plays that I like on the podcast, and I don't, I'm don't. i not there yet. I haven't bet it yet. So I'm going to bet it on Wednesday night for Thursday's podcast. So even though we're doing the Masters preview today, I'm not going to give you Masters picks to tomorrow, if that makes any sense, okay? I'm just not ready yet to pull the trigger and fire, and you might say, well, Matt, you're waiting. You might be missing on some juice or numbers, and that's true, but I'm just not comfortable. I'm not there yet, just FYI, when it comes to Masters picks. So I got two plays, college football today for Wednesday morning, and then Thursday morning, get to the podcast first thing in the morning so you guys can bet. And you West Coast guys, make sure you're listening to the podcast, you know, either first thing in the morning or listen to it at night. The podcast, it drops you know, normally around 10 p.m. It's when I put the podcast up on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, if you guys do not find it on Apple, if there's a problem with the podcast on Apple, you can get it always on Spotify or bettingpros.com always has a player the next morning. It goes up on the podcast. It goes up on the actual bettingpros.com website. You'll see a player at the bottom. So you can always get the daily juice or go to bettingpros.com slash podcast, I believe it is. Uh, there's a million ways of getting the podcast. If you don't find it on Apple, if it doesn't pop up, because we're having, literally, we talked to Apple all day yesterday, and the answer they gave us was like the shrug emoji. They're like, eh, we don't know. So <laughs> we keep on asking, like, why is it not posting? This is the second time this happened where a good number of people, like a hundred, hundreds, hundreds of people, did not get the podcast. And the numbers, we can see the, the, the listens just aren't what they normally are. And we're like, what gives? Like, this is not right. Look at the trends. Look at the differences. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So Apple had no answer for us today as to what happened yesterday and why we didn't get the proper number of, um, of, of, of downloads to people's phones. So that's what kind of happened here. So you can always get it on Spotify. If you don't see it in the morning, you don't need to ask me, Matt, where the hell is the podcast? It'll be there every day. I did this damn podcast in a hospital, okay? I will do the Daily Juice every day. Sick, not sick, in the hospital, not in the hospital. You will get the Daily Juice from me in some form or fashion every day. So if you don't see it on your Apple Podcasts, go find it on Spotify. It'll be there or bettingcrows.com. It should be there as well. Before we give you the place for tonight, let me tell you about a cool offer from BetMGM. It is Masters Week. You new customers are going to bet $1, and you will win $100 in free bets if any golfer makes a birdie at the Masters. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if any golfer makes a birdie, you will win $100 in free bets if you bet $1 on the Masters at BetMGM. This offer is available in New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, and Tennessee. It is a free 100 bucks paid out in free wagers because they're going to have birdies <laughs> at the Masters. You're going to use the promo code JUICE100 to take advantage of this very special offer. Bonus code JUICE100. Download the BetMGM app. Go to BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, and you must be physically located in Tennessee, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 100-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 109-WITH-IT in Indiana. All right, I'm not going to do a full breakdown for the plays here because I don't want this podcast to be too long. We've got about a 20-minute talk coming up here with Rich Senko from Caesars on the Masters. So let me tell you where I'm going here. All right, let's start first. 
there are a bunch of games coming up here tonight, right, in the MAC. I'm only going to play two of them. So I think there's three games, right, uh, coming up for MAC, in, in the MAC, from action. Three games last night, three games tonight. I'm only going to play two of them. So let's start. I'm going to pass Eastern Michigan and Ball State. I'm going to pass, okay? That game's on CBS Sports Network. I'm going to pass. Toledo and Western Michigan. Let's go there. The total is 58. At the time of taping, the number is 3. Toledo plus 3. I am leaning on Toledo plus 3. That's my lean here. But this is a really good game. I'm really excited to watch this game. Personally, I think this is an offensive game. I'm not so sure either one of these teams are going to stop either one. You could say, well, wait a minute, Matt. I mean, Toledo in the first game gave up three points, and Western Michigan gave up 13 points. Yeah, that was against Bowling Green and Akron. And did you watch Bowling Green and Akron play? So I don't think we really have a good idea of what these guys, what these defenses look like right now for Toledo and Western Michigan. So since it's the it's the MAC, and since these conferences tend to have crazy offenses in Toledo and Western Michigan, have two of the best in the conference, 58, we're going over. Over 58 for Toledo and Western Michigan. We're playing the over 58 here because I think points are going to be scored quite a bit. Games in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Games on ESPN, prime time. Teams want to show out. Teams want to have some trick plays. Offense, offense, offense for Toledo and Western Michigan is my first play at a half a unit. And the other play is Central Michigan against Northern Illinois. The line is 7.5. I would prefer 7 here, okay? But in the MAC West, Central Michigan got five first place votes, even though they wound up with just two points behind Toledo, who was picked to win the division. And Western Michigan was picked to come in second. Last, Northern Illinois. Central Michigan is going to compete in the MAC West. Northern Illinois is not. Northern Illinois is not a good football team. Northern was 14.5 point dogs to Buffalo. They lost by 19. Northern is not good. Central Michigan is good. They may be the second or third best team in the division. They're laying 7.5. I know they're on the road, but I like Central Michigan big here. The big win over Northern. I don't think Northern's very good. Give me Central Michigan, and who knows? It could be funky with them with their quarterback because they got a senior quarterback in David Moore who was out due to substance abuse and arrest. So Daniel Richardson's the, the quarterback right now, but David Moore, at some point, David Moore may be coming back. He may play tonight. Who knows? But even if he doesn't play, I still think Daniel Richardson in this offense for the Chippewas come up here with a double-digit win uh, against Northern. So the two plays that we're going for, we are going to go over Toledo, over 58 in Central Michigan, laying 7.5 for a half a unit on both plays coming up here for Maction on a Wednesday. All right, let's talk some golf, and I'll wrap up on the other side. All right, joining us now for this very special Masters Preview Daily Juice, he is Rich Senko, Senior Trader at Caesars, Golf Odds Maker for Caesars. He joins us here on the Daily Juice. Rich, how are you, my friend? Thanks for the time tonight. No problem, Matt. It's good talking to you, and it's been uh, it's been some time, but it's uh, good catching up with you again. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Masters from a kind of a macro standpoint and what you're expecting from the weather, what you're expecting from the golf course. I mean, just how different will people be experiencing this golf course, both from a player perspective and from a handicapping perspective, from a gambling perspective? I mean, what does a November Masters really mean from a gambling standpoint? Obviously, the dynamic has changed from uh, usually it's uh, the first week of April and we're moving into the fall season. They're expecting a lot of uh, weather conditions as far as rain 
to me, this uh, golf course is going to play a little bit different with the winds and the weather. It's going to uh, basically impact the play. And to me, it offers a lot of value for guys that are good as far as approach to the greens and greens and regulation and whether they can scramble up and down. The wet weather, as they're expecting uh, this weekend, should actually uh, dry the course out a little bit. And typically when you misplace your uh, approach shots into the greens, it'll uh, allow a dubious or suspect third shot onto the green. That's not the case here with the wet weather. It should neutralize that. So if you're able to scramble and get up and down and are effective as far as greens and regulation from the middle of the fairway, you should be uh, in good position as far as this golf course goes, as far as uh, the conditions are now. For you guys at Caesars, what are you expecting from a handle standpoint here with the November Masters up against the NFL and college football? I mean, normally the Masters is the start of the springtime. It's April. You know, baseball is just starting. A lot of people are playing future wagers, but nothing really all that serious in terms of like a football handle on a Sunday for a major golf tournament like this. So do you think the handle is going to be impacted at all or will it be a typical Masters type of betting weekend? Not from what I'm seeing behind the counter. Actually, the uh, the wagering has been unparalleled. Uh, when I say that, I'm seeing, uh, you know, three-digit bets, upwards of four-digit bets continuously coming in and, and betting aggressively as far as across the board, whether it be long shots northbound of 100 to 1 or even on the front end with guys like Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, John Rahm. So the action has been uh, quite good, and it's been unparalleled as far as what I've seen behind the counter as far as the action coming in. So to answer your question, the action has been uh, quite good, and it continues to flow in daily from what I'm seeing. So do you think it could help? I mean, having the NFL on that Sunday, there's obviously a major competitive you know, fight for eyeballs and attention, and people want to be watching. Clearly, at a book, you have multiple television sets, so it's not so much of a fight in, in a book, but people at home, if you will. Are, are you, are you, do you think it might help the handle that the NFL is going on at the same time? I think it might help on some level. I think uh, just with things going on, as far first and foremost, as far as the uh, Breeders' Cup last weekend and things that are just contrary to what the NFL is offering in the college football, people are just anxious or just ready to bet anything that's on the board. <laughs> from what I'm seeing as far as the golf goes, I mean, people are just, excited that the fact that we're even offering a master's uh, golf tournament and it's been like over a year and a half now since the last tournament which tiger won so they're really uh even though there's no fans i mean the action has been coming in first and foremost on all levels from everyone all right, let's start with Bryson DeChambeau pretty much the odds on favorite to win this at most sports books across the country here in America you got a guy who is bringing a potentially a 48 inch driver which is uh, you know, as in terms of length, that that's not normal <laughs> from a guy bringing in here. Uh, he's going to swing the golf club upwards of 200 miles per hour. He was on the range, and it was you know today showing social media posts of him going for over 200 miles per hour. He wants to try to drive the ball 400 yards on certain golf courses. I mean, should he be the odds-on favorite given the style of play he's bringing in this course for this week? In my estimation, I don't believe he should be the odds-on favorite. I know he. Uh you know, won the major here recently and has been dominant at times. To me, the Masters in and of itself is a, a golf course. Even though guys like Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson have won this uh, tournament, trying to overpower the golf course, it's typically uh, approach to green, being able to scramble and getting up and down. Just the fact that you can drive the ball uh, 
you know, 340 yards and, and outdrive everyone by 20, 30 yards. If you look at guys like Greg Norman and Tom Kite from years prior, back in the day in the 90s, they weren't even able to win the green jacket. So it's more than just being able to drive the ball uh, aggressively and far on the golf course. You have to have a complete game and the right mindset. Certainly DeChambeau is obviously, uh, they call him the scientist out there on the golf course, but it's more than just uh, driving the ball 340 yards. There's a lot of uh, hazards out there. It's able to uh, be able to get up and down in some of the spots of not hitting the ball in those spots around the greens. I mean, we've seen Zach Johnson win this golf tournament before, so you don't have to be a bomber. But the one thing that Phil and Bubba bring is that right-to-left ball movement as being a left-handed golfer, that if you're going to hit the ball really hard, you tend to slice the ball and push the ball right-to-left, which fit, which really factors into this golf course. Are you of the opinion that lefties tend to have an advantage at Augusta National? They certainly do, the way they're able to shape their, uh, you know, their ball flight, Bubba Watson especially. And we've taken some action actually on Bubba Watson uh, at 50 to one, and even uh, if I'm not mistaken, at 60 to one prior to him being in form. So him, not necessarily Nicholson, is not in form, but they're able to shape their ball and their ball flight from the middle of the fairways and get close to some of these uh, pin uh, placements from the middle of the fairway. Um, in and of itself, to me, like I said, it's more of can you able to uh, hit those greens from the middle of fairway and greens and regulation at a high percentage is going to play first and foremost. So if that's the case, do you think this is maybe not somebody who has won the green jacket before, but experience becoming a big factor here? Would you side with someone who has quite a bit of experience given the November golf tournaments, the wet weather that we're expecting and just the overall course itself? Does course knowledge benefit you a lot here, meaning Looking from a betting perspective, would you sh- you know shade towards golfers who have had success before at Augusta? I think you're right on that assessment. If you look at years prior, the likes of Fred Couples, Bernard Longer, and some of these old grizzled veterans, they haven't necessarily taken the golf tournament down at their age, but they're certainly around lurking in rounds three and four just because they know the golf course in and of itself. So they're able to know where not to put the ball, and they're never out of the tournament. That being said, I think it's more just not only course management, it's just having the right mindset, having the right skill set. And like I said, greens and regulation is first and foremost from what I'm looking at. Having some uh, course history, guys like Dustin Johnson, the last four times he's played this tournament on the top end of the leaderboard here at 9-1 to one, or even less at 8 or 7-1 to one now, he's been uh, inside the top 10 the last four times he's played this golf tournament. And even a guy like Paul Casey on the outside looking in, northbound of 80-1, to 1, his form, his skill set, as far as this course goes, in my opinion, offers a lot of value. He certainly, uh, you know, he finished T2, if I'm not mistaken, at the PGA Championship and has been uh, top 10 in 10 majors. And he's going to probably be able to deal with the inclement weather in this tournament if it starts to rain in or if winds pick up. Rich, this this podcast, we talk to a lot of gamblers who may be new to golf. If, if someone's coming in here and maybe they haven't bet golf before, what's a, what's a way of kind of dipping your toe in? It's so difficult to pick a winner. How do you feel about head-to-heads? How do you feel about guys making the cut, yes or no type wagers because of the adjusted rules now? We're going to have less guys making the weekend than normally. I mean, they're, for a U.S. Open field, normally there's 144 golfers who make that, who come onto that field. We're dealing with a whole lot less than that, but 50 less golfers are going to start this golf tournament, and then it's 50 
uh, top 50 plus 10 strokes to make the weekend. That's not the case now. Now it's just top 50 with ties getting into the weekend. What's your advice to somebody who might not be all that experienced betting golf if they want to do it for the first time? My opinion is if you're a novice better out there and you're looking to just be a part of this tournament, the win market bets are always uh, fun. They're obviously hard to hit. But if you're able to build a basket on the top end, guys like I'm suggesting at Dustin Johnson at like eight or nine to one, and then building a basket of maybe three or four guys with that in the win market, that certainly offers a lot of value. If you put like $10 on, let's say, a guy at 40 to one, it pays 400. So, I mean, I'm not advising guys to go all in on uh, matchups. I mean, that's more for the uh, sophisticated betters out there that obviously have a little bit of advantage of knowing the course history and their skill set as far as that goes. So my advice to the novice better or somebody who's new at this or some guy that just wants to be a part of this, this tournament in and of itself, you get four days of action in the win market. So just pick four, four or five guys maybe and putting, you know, let's just say $10 as an example and, and risking $50 to win maybe something worthwhile across the board. All right. Well, I've bet this tournament quite a bit, so i got some questions for myself that I want to pick your brain on. What do you guys have for Matthew Wood head-to-heads right now? Sorry, Matthew Wolf, excuse me. Matthew Wolf head-to-heads right now. I mean, how have you seen much action on him, and, and who are you guys putting up against him either first round or for the all four tournaments for Matthew Wolf? As far as the Wolfman goes, we have him matched up against Tiger Woods, the defending champion. And actually, Wolf's a favorite. We opened them at a dollar fifteen or a dollar twenty, if I'm not mistaken, and currently at a dollar thirty right now. So we've seen some action come in, fading Tiger Woods, who obviously isn't in form right now. But like I said earlier, you can never count some of these guys out that have course history and know the course well. Matthew Wolf has certainly been a part of a lot of these tournaments this year. Has been close a few times, especially in the last major where DeChambeau had won. So I mean. Is it a reach that Wolf can actually be a part of this Masters tournament? It's going to be hard considering the fact that he's actually uh, first time uh, first time at the Masters and some of these new debutants who aren't familiar with the golf course mm-hmm. may actually struggle since Fuzzy Zeller is the only uh, champ, uh, champion who's actually first time out has won this golf tournament. What's interesting, too, is when you look at guys like Jordan Spieth who won this golf tournament at 23, and then has had just a crazy roller coaster ride. He he checks all the boxes though, right? He's a great player. He's a great ball striker. He has course knowledge, but he's a real far long shot here to win his second green jacket. Have you taken any action on Jordan Spieth? Actually, we have not, and it's just more or less just because of his uh, recent form in and of itself. He's not been a part of any tournament in the recent history this past year since the COVID. So it's just more or less a bet on him. You're just basically saying he's a horse for the course. But he's shown nothing all year as far as uh, being a part of many uh, tournaments in and of itself. Can you discount a guy like that who certainly has the pedigree to, to step up on this tournament? No. But it's not something I'm actually looking for. I'm not looking to fade him necessarily, but I just don't think, based on his current history or form, that he's able to put it together for all four rounds. More action for you guys behind the counter on Tony Finau or on John Rahm? We're seeing a lot of action actually on Tony Finau, and we've seen action all year on him. So to answer your question, if Finau wins this tournament, we're not in a good spot in and of itself whatsoever. It's uh, going to be a bloodbath, actually. Uh, for him to actually win this tournament in the States, it would be a first time out, considering the fact that he hasn't won on U.S. soil, so to speak. But 
he showed something last year, actually, on Saturday, where he shot 64, if I'm not mistaken. So he's capable, just from a talent perspective, of being, a, being involved in this tournament. Certainly strikes the ball well off the tee, long off the tee, which is definitely an advantage. But I just don't see him completing the uh, journey here with all four rounds. Same question, different golfers. More action on Tommy Fleetwood or Colin Morikawa? We've seen actually some sharp handle come in on Morikawa at 30-1. to 1. Fleetwood is almost like forgotten. Uh, he's been kind of in and out of some tournaments all year where he uh, was kind of like second or third choice in some of these tournaments uh, earlier in the year. And it hasn't done much. I mean, his skill set actually suits the golf course quite well. We're currently at, I believe, 50-1 to 1 on Fleetwood, but we're seeing more action on Morikawa, more or less because of the here and now and his him winning the uh, PGA Championship a few months back. All right, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. I mean, are, are these the big-name guys you're seeing the most action on? I mean, Brooks is a guy who just, for whatever reason, he rises up here in these majors and does, does incredible work. We know what Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson are all about, but what about Brooks Kepka? What are you hearing? What are you seeing from him? We've seen some sharp handle actually come in on uh, Brooks Kepka. I was at 22-1. to 1 actually inviting some bets on him, even though he's definitely a horse for the course. But once again, I don't think it's a course that's built for overpowering uh, this golf course. It's more of a skill set of being able to get your, uh, get your approach shots in from the fairway, greens and regulation, and being able to scramble. I'm not saying he can't be a part of this golf tournament. We took some bets on him at 22-1 to 1 and currently at 16-1, to 1, if I'm not mistaken. So he's definitely uh, got the skill set to be a part of this tournament, but it's just not something I'm looking for. As far as the other guys go, we've seen some action come in on the front end, definitely on John Rahm, as well as Dustin Johnson, who, like I said earlier, the last four times he's played, he's been inside the top ten with all finishes. Look, he's Tiger. He's the defending champ. It was a long time ago, but he's still the defending champ here. Are, are people putting any sentimental money down on Tiger and, and on, on the same side, Phil Mickelson? Are they, are they just seeing the typical you know, 10 buck bet come in just because it's Tiger and Phil? Yeah, that's about all we've seen. We've seen no sophisticated or sharp-type wagers on either Phil or Tiger Woods, especially Woods. Woods is almost forgotten at this point as far as what he's shown since his win at the Masters. He's been kind of forgotten. We always get those 10 and $20 bets or even $5 bets on Woods from, let's just say, you know, your average fan, let's say. Right. But nothing, nothing, of, nothing of note on Tiger Woods. And we actually win to him. Uh, we do pretty good to him if he does win this golf tournament back to back. What do you guys see? And what do you? How do you feel about Patrick Reed and Jason Day? I've been talking to a couple different people, and they've been sort of, you know, circling. Those are two names that have been brought up to me as value plays or in head-to-head matchups that they could have hot starts to this golf tournament. How do you feel about Patrick Reed and Jason Day? Jason Day is certainly somebody I'm looking at. Uh, I actually backed him at the PGA Championship at 80 to one. And he's been informed the last few months since that. Even last week, he was around and lurking high on that leaderboard in Houston. Day, certainly, as well as some of these Australians, like Cameron Smith, Adam Scott, who's won the Masters as well. If the weather picks up, some winds and rain, those golfers should do quite well. Jason Day is actually uh, a golfer. We've seen some uh, sharp action come in on in and of itself. So he's, he's definitely a horse for the course. As far as Patrick Reed goes, you know, he's won this golf tournament uh, a couple of years back, actually, and certainly has a skill set to get up and down from any spot on this golf course. It's just not something that I would be looking for as far as Reed goes. Jason Day certainly could be uh, around in this tournament 
come Sunday. All right, Rich, I'll end it with this. In terms of where Bryson is in the public, which the public is going to be watching him like crazy, if he goes out and shoots a crazy 66-65 on Thursday, do you expect liability just to build up throughout the entire weekend on Bryson if he's on the you know the front page of the leaderboard doing things we haven't seen before with drives off the off of tees and driving par fours consistently? Do, do you think the public's just going to jump on this guy and pour money on him? Uh, most certainly, and they have first and foremost every which way. A lot of the sharp action came in on uh, Deshambo as far as being northbound at twenty and twenty five to one earlier in the year. So we've seen that liability actually carry forward, and they're continuously betting him at 16 to one a few months back, 12 to one, 10 to one, and now down even below 10 to one at seven and eight to one even. So the liability is certainly there on Deshambo, and we're not in a good spot if he wins this golf tournament. That liability will certainly uh, continue, especially if he gets off to a fast start and is leading this golf tournament, or certainly one or two shots back come Friday second round. Hmm. Rich, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. You can follow Rich at Rich Zenko on Twitter, golf odds maker, senior trader at Caesars here in Las Vegas. Thank you for coming on the Daily Juice, Rich. Really appreciate it. Not a problem, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it. Hope that you guys enjoyed our Masters preview. My name is Matt Peralt. Again, the plays. We're taking over Toledo 58, Central Michigan, minus 7.5, half, half a unit on both plays. Follow me on Twitter, at Sports Talk Matt. Every morning, it's the Daily Juice Podcast, presented by BetMGM, off of bettingpros.com.